Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Isn't God good? Amen. So many times, you know, I've stepped out in my life and done kind of crazy wild things and thought, well, God, if you're in this, it's going to sort out, and it has. When it was me, it didn't go so well. Several years ago, um, <coughs> uh, 14 years ago, I had this great opportunity to uh, escort some of our young people who were so excited to go to a, a worship event in Washington and where they did. And, and just getting there, that's a long story, so I won't tell it this morning, but there is a piece to it that's so valid and so wonderful. Once we were there, and arrived at this place and you had to camp there, which is not my favorite thing to sleep on the ground. Let me just say that. And it was hot, like 108, not Celsius. We'd be dead. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. It was 108 one day and 109 the next. And when I woke up that morning, <clears throat> one of the things that we had forgotten was coffee. So... I had to make a trip to go get some. I had everything to make it on a little camp stove, a little percolator, but there was no coffee to make it with. But I got up anyway, because there was a crowd that was in the next tent up at five in the morning singing. <laughs> they were worshiping. Now this was a worship event and these people weren't, weren't uh, well, I think they were making a joyful noise, especially at five in the morning. It wasn't so joyful for me, but they were having fun. And it was one of those times where they know uh, two chords on the guitar when there should be 10. <laughs> two chords. With a, yeah, it was, it was really unique and had that special quality. But it was something that was there that was very precious. And there was one particular group that really carried a powerful anointing. And here we were in this, in the gorge in, in Washington. <clears throat> Thousands and thousands of people. And they weren't all young people, although there was, should have been. There was that kind of music for the most part. And this one group just so moved. And suddenly this thousands and thousands of people everywhere on the hill were worshiping the king. We were outside. The presence of the Lord was so unique and special. I've never forgotten that time. And the, and the voices, they echoed because of the gorge. And at this time, there are many people where churches are starting to open, have become content at couch churching. But there's something unique that happens when we gather, whether it's in a car with our windows down or present. There's something different when we come together. There's a presence that's different than when we're at home. I understand some people can't get out, but if you can, it's time. It's time. It's time to get off the couch. And if you're at home, you can stand up. But that time of connection, it's time to gather again. 
it's time to gather again. And we need to do that. I know that some of us have been blessed, but if we'll hear the Lord, we'll know where to go and when it's open. We have, we have support meetings. We have support meetings. We have men's support meetings, women's support meetings. We have prayer support meetings. And they're open. Amen. Amen. Time to get off the couch. Amen. Now, this morning, I want to talk a little bit about something that's big on my heart. I don't want to be that person that's always, you know, rah, 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 get you going, da, 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 da. I, I, I can cheerlead, but I think it's time heart-led. I think it's time that our hearts started speaking to us and we started listening to that places where we obeyed the voice in our heart that's been trying to say, get up, and we got up. Amen. And I think a great way to do that, the best way I know how is to look at Jesus so that because there's a place where you have to decide to get up just like when you were working and you had to get to work on time and not just from your bedroom to the next room. But that time where you decide to get up and I know what gets me up is my first love of Jesus Christ when I think about what he's done for me and when I focus on that. So let's start today in Acts chapter 10 because we want to see what Jesus did and how he did it, and then we're going to move into how we can do that. Amen? In Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, it's time to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And I don't mean just like a little dip to get you by. I don't mean just sticking your toe in the water. There's time to White Rock Beach, and it's been very cold. And you know, when I was younger, I didn't notice. And that's what's happened with a lot of Christians as we got older. We stick our toe and go, well, I'm just going to wait a while longer. When it gets warmer, when it gets like this, when it's the right weather, when it's the right circumstance, when it's right for me, I'll dive in. But when we come like children, you know what you do? You run in. You run in whether it's raining. You run in whether it's cold out. You run in whether it's warm out. You don't even know what temperature the water is. You just run in. Well, at least I did. And later on, I come out with, you know, seaweed all over me and, and, and sand stuck everywhere and a big smile on my face and crying because we had to go home because it was late. I'd live in the water. And what I'm telling you today, it's time to live in the water again. Amen. It's time to get filled with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. And healing all that were oppressed to the devil, for God was with him. Well, what kind of good did Jesus do? I'm not sure that the guy where he spat in the ground and threw mud in his eye thought it was a good day. That's not how he was imagining his healing to come. When he heard Jesus was in the house, I don't think he was expecting a mud wash or a mud bath. And it wasn't just made with mud in the water. Jesus spit chewy. Mix it up. Fling. Go wash. And he saw. Now that was a good ending. That's a very good ending. But it didn't start so good. And some of us are in that place. Well, you know, it didn't start so good. And I didn't like it. And it was cold this morning. And I really like my blankies. But the end was good. How about the guy who said, stick out your tongue when he couldn't talk and he spat in his tongue? That was a good thing, right? 
I don't know. It would, well, today it wouldn't be permitted. You'd probably have somebody arrest you or something and give you a ticket for not having a mask on because you obviously can't have a mask on when you're spitting on someone's tongue. And then you're swapping spit. And they're against that too. But somehow this was a different kind of spit going on. <laughs> Amen. But that was considered good. It was good. Why? Because of where it went and what happened. I think that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm okay with that. I can talk, so I'm not looking for anybody to spit in my tongue today. <laughs> Amen? Praise the Lord. I believe that this is part of why people were drawn. It's the next verse, 39. Now he said, well, this isn't talking about Jesus. Well, it sort of is. And we are witnesses. And we are witnesses. It's the seeing that Pastor Jason even mentioned that in his prayer time. It's the seeing that God is good. It's the places where we acknowledge, the place where we see God's in the house. It's the place where we see the miracle take place. It's the place where we see people uh, like Miss Bethany have things paid for in unexpected ways. It's the place where we see, oh my, this is the truth about my Jesus. This is the truth about my God. It's the place where we see that. Are you a witness? Because when you witness something, you can't hold back. You can't say, oh, well, that didn't happen. You saw it with your eyes. The first time I saw the Lord open a blind man's eyes, my brain didn't understand what was going on. I had to look two or three more times. You know, when you look at someone and they don't have eyeballs and suddenly they do, that's pretty awesome. And, it sure is. and, and but your mind doesn't know what's just happened. It tries to go back to science and think, and it tries to tell you that it wasn't like that. Those eyes were always there. Well, no, they weren't. He was blind from birth. When I've seen tumors fall off right in front of me, big ones, they were there and then they're not. But I was a witness. I saw it. I saw a young man, 14 years old, who had no toes, grow toes. I was a witness. You can't change that. I've seen it. I've been a witness of the power of God. I've been a witness how he's changed my life. I've been a witness of how he's changed other people's lives. People I thought, mm, I don't know if they'll ever make it. I'm just being honest with you. We've met a few like that. You think, Praise the Lord. We're going to have to pray hard for this one. But Jesus knew him better than you did. And he, and he had a, a moment in their life. We had one young fella and I met him. He had a terrible, terrible heroin addiction. He made a phone call to a prayer ministry. They prayed for him over the phone. And he was delivered and never used heroin again. He didn't take all those other things to get him by in the meantime. He was just delivered and never returned to that life of drugs. Hallelujah. And he'd been using it since he was a teenager. And when I met him, he was 42. I, I saw the before and I saw the after. I was a witness to the power of God. I was a witness to the move of the Holy Ghost. And there's nothing you can do to change me about that. There's nothing you can do when you've seen it. When you've been a witness, you won't be able to be held back. And it's time we had a witness again. It's time that we saw the power of God move in our midst. And he's willing. Yep, he is. 
but it won't happen if you stay sitting. These people came. Amen, pastor. Amen. We're going to rise up. We're going to go and get it. God's doing some good things and it's going to change us. But you can't sit still in that thing. You can't sit still. We're witnesses. Look, it says, I, like, I got three words out. The next three words are pretty good too. Of all things, of all things. When was the last time you saw that God did something good and you kind of went, well, the devil's done 10 other bad things today. God did one small good thing and oh, well. I don't care what the devil does. And he might say it loud, but he's just an, a lion with no teeth. Amen? Amen? And like, I don't care how loud he shouts either. Amen? Amen. So what if he shouts loud? It's because he's going down and things that are dying always scream loud. Amen? You ever notice someone in, in peril going, they don't whimper. If they think they're going down, they yell as hard as they can. If he's yelling hard, he's going down. Amen? <laughs> Perspective is everything. <laughs> you know, I just, I love God and, and so much. And the devil just doesn't have a chance. Amen? <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. So in verse 30, 43, it says, To him give all the prophets witness. That through his name, Jesus, whoever believed in him shall receive the remission of sins. And while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. I said to you this morning when we started out this service, when we were starting, that sometimes you don't know what to say but and, and, and you get afraid. And some people are afraid of the power of God because they're afraid about falling down. They're afraid about looking weird. They're afraid if they pray in tongues, they'll sound weird. Well, you already do sound weird. You're a Christian, you're weird. Why? We're not like the world. And I don't plan to be. I'm not trying to be. I'm not competing with them. I'm not in competition at all. They do what they want. They're not saved. But when they get saved, now we can have a party. This is where the party is. Amen? It's not in hell. They're screaming down there. And it's no joke. I think that they actually took those like accordions out of heaven and put them down there. <laughs> Just saying. Amen. Party on earth like it is in heaven. Amen. <laughs> well, I think you're getting happy and that's a good thing. You know, in, in Matthew chapter 8, here's, here's another, well, there's so much good, it's hard to just talk about a few good things, but there's lots of good things. We've seen so many miracles. We've witnessed them. We've seen the goodness of God. And in Matthew chapter 8 and 1, it says, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Why? Because they knew something was going to happen every time he showed up. And you see, church, we got to come to the place where you see something going to happen every time we show up because Jesus is in us. And if Jesus is in this house, something's going to happen. And you know, sometimes you might not like exactly what happens and it might not turn out exactly like you think, but in the end, it'll be good. There isn't a lot of dirt around here. Well, there's some back there and I suppose we could, you know, spit and it makes some bite, but we don't have to do that. We can lay hands on the sick and see them recover and that'll be just fine with me. Some people like to have oil thrown on them. Well, bless the Lord, throw oil on them and get healed. Does it really matter how it happens? 
or does it just matter that it's good in the end? If you were blind and now you see, I think you'd be happy. Amen. If you were in pain and then you're not in pain, that's a good day. I've been in pain. I don't like it. I I don't care for it at all, actually. And I'm so glad when I'm not. (laughs) It's a good day. Amen. Praise the Lord. Where did I get to? Oh, Matthew 8, 1. We're, We're somewhere here. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitude followed him. Behold, there came a leper and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And that's where people get stuck with God. They're not really convinced what his will is. Well, we heard this morning it was his will to prosper you, and that scares people. Don't be scared of money. Don't let it have you. Don't let it direct you. Don't let it take hold of you, and don't make decisions by it. Hear from heaven. Make the decision from heaven, and money will follow. Amen? When the Lord told us to go to Kenya, and we didn't have any money or means to get there, and God provided supernaturally, and off we went. Off we went. And we've never looked back. When God says go, he pays for it. Every time. Every time. And sometimes not as quickly as I'd like. (laughs) Amen. That first trip, Pastor Dorian, it was a, that trip was, yeah, special. And uh, we saw so many miracles. So many miracles. Too many to count. Too many to count. But we're witnesses. You know, when that first blind eye opened, that young man, he, he was pretty young. When he sat down, he kept touching the grass, feeling it with his toes and feeling it with his hands. He'd felt it all his life, but he'd never seen it. And he'd open his eyes and he'd close his eyes. And he'd open his eyes again and close his eyes. It was, it, it was so much fun watching him see. And uh, first thing he said, I said, what can you see? And he points at me, he says, you. <laughs> and the, the village we were in was primarily African. And Doreen and I were the only white people for miles around it amused some of the children who came up to me because I don't have hairless arms and they kept coming up behind me and touching the hair on my arm because they'd never seen that before or touched it. So they kept rubbing my hair on my arms. They'd sneak up behind and put their little hands on it. was okay. It didn't bother me. But, uh, and they said to, to uh, Doreen, you wear spectacles. <laughs> and uh, they were just so interested. And we just let them surround us. And we had a, a wonderful, blessed time and blessed a lot of the children. They came. The first meeting, there were few. By the end of the week, there, there wasn't room in that, in that place, that field. It, it was full. Why? They were witnesses. They were witnesses of change. They were witnesses of the presence of God. And so when this leper came, and he's, he's not sure. People, I think the most powerful part in this statement was the honest part. He announced without worrying if he's making a bad confession. He said, if you will. That was his heart. He wasn't sure. Jesus didn't flip around and give him 10 more Bible verses and get out his biggest, you know, largest black Bible and slug him with it. And say, don't you know the word of God? Don't you know that as it's done in heaven, it'll be done in the earth. And it's my will to heal all the time. He didn't say that. Amen. 
He said, I will. Come here. Be blessed. Boom. Healed. Boom. Healed. He didn't chide him for his position. Isn't he good? See? There's little things like this. Sometimes we read the word and we're like, mm, and we want to get our, I, I, I like to be right. Hear me. I do. I, I don't like making mistakes and I like to be in the, I, you know, I like to make a good confession. I like to, but there's a day, folks, if you're worried about making a bad confession, couldn't you just get the junk out first, then you won't have to worry about it? What do I mean by that? I mean, this is what I see. They're so worried about holding that thing down. They're compressing down all the negativity. They're waiting and something's going to pop that ugly business. And sure enough, it's coming out. It may not come out in front of your Christian friends. It may not come out of church, but there'll be a place it does every time. You think I don't know? There was a time several years ago when I was in a very bad state. And uh, cancer was attacking my body. And I was pretty rough. And along that, that uh, trip, <clears throat> there was a time and things were pretty harsh before they got worse. <laughs> they were bad before they got very bad. And at one point when I was in the doctor, I, I just kind of spilled my guts at how, how bad life was. And he wasn't the person to talk to. I had friends, I had believers, I had people who spoke the word and knew how to pray. I wouldn't tell them. Why wouldn't I tell them? Because I was afraid of this. And I knew that that's what would have happened. And that's not a good day. But when I came away from the doctor's office, having spilled my guts to the wrong person, I decided I'd go home and spill my guts to God. And I started with, God, I'm really sorry. I was trying to carry this on my own. But I'm going to trust you. And things got worse. Things got worse. My symptoms got really bad. I became like the woman in the Bible. And I knew I was in serious situation. And they did some more testing. And he says, this is it. I'm booking you for surgery. And I got up. I was so weak, I had someone else drive me, and I got up from that doctor's office, and he's following me out of the office. It's full of people, and in front of everybody. I mean, the whole office was full, because there was like four doctors, and everybody sat in the same waiting room. And he says, what do you want? Your ovaries to fall out of your body? <laughs> and he's shaking my file. And the last bit of strength, I turned around and said, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. It was probably the best time to ever make a good confession. And something happened in that moment. I knew God had touched me. Up to then, I'd been doing everything on my own. I'd been trying to come to God. I'd been squelching down. I had all this garbage in my life from the first time. I, but I got in front of God, and I poured out my heart. I poured out all that garbage. I got it out. So it didn't matter what I say. I wasn't embarrassed anymore. I wasn't embarrassed about the things that were hidden in my heart, the places of doubt, the places where I wasn't sure I trusted God. I wasn't sure he was going to heal, heal me. I was like that leper. God, if it's your will, but I don't know if it is. And I was healed that day. By the time I got home, all the symptoms were out of my body. And, and that was a Monday. And by a week later, I was strong and whole and have never had another problem, was able to carry a child after that. God's good. God's good. The getting there wasn't. 
I didn't have mud smeared all over my body, but I had mud of my doubt. I had mud of my distress. I had mud of my disappointments. I had mud smeared all over me that I put there. God touched me, and I'm so grateful for Jesus. When I say Jesus heals, I believe it. I've seen him heal so many people around me, and I've watched him heal in my family. I've watched him heal my husband. I've watched him heal me, and 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 nothing is because I did everything right. Hear me. It's not because you do everything right. It's not because you do everything wrong. Healing is because of Jesus and Jesus alone. He's the healer, not any other person. Not any other person. Even if, if we continue down in that same chapter, verse 5, it says, When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. He was begging him. Some of us have come begging Jesus. There's people watching today, and you're begging Jesus. Your answer's coming, amen. Your answer's coming. And he said, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. This is a part we don't talk often about. But when disease tries to come in your home, it's not just about the pain of the disease. It's not just about the sickness is creating all kinds of symptoms in your body. There's a mind war that goes on where people get tormented. And that's the part I think that the leper was dealing with. That's the part that was hurting. It was like the mind trip that was going on that nobody wants to talk about, no one wants to address, and that the doctors will give you pills to quench. But there's a greater remedy for that torment of the soul, and his name is Jesus Christ. And if you don't think he'll fix your soul, well, come on, baby. He doesn't just fix your body. He fixes your head. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he'll fix those places of torment. He'll fix them. He'll fix them. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. His response, I'm not worried that you come to my house. Just speak it. Just speak it. He knew the authority that was in a, a commander's place. He knew Jesus walked in that place where he was under the master's hand and what he said came to pass. He trusted that. Trust what God says. Trust it. And if you have to hear it 10,000 times, go ahead and hear it until faith comes. And don't get caught up in the process. Oh, what if I have to hear it? What if you have to hear it 100 times a day? Is that worse than the disease? Nah. Go ahead, have yourself some fun. Listen to healing tapes all day long. Get some person who's going to read the word of God to you so faith will rise in your heart. Amen. Now I want to bring you to one of my happiest moments because it's not just about seeing what Jesus did. It's about knowing that that Jesus lives in my house and he lives in yours. If you're born again, Jesus is in your house. Amen. Should be noised abroad, not stuck in the freezer, you know. Oh, I don't like my relatives. You better put Jesus in the freezer while we're here. We put him on ice because they might not react correctly. May not like it when I talk Jesus when they're around. Well, I don't like it when they cuss. Was working in one place for some relatives for a while, just helping them out through some stuff and their paperwork. And every time he walked by, my goodness, the color that came out of that person's mouth. I don't think I could swing together as many cuss words in one sentence as he could and still have it make some sort of sense. But he could, he could put together cuss words like an art. It was art for him the way he cussed. And, 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 he'd, uh, and then he'd come around the corner and see me and go, oh, I'm sorry. I said, it's okay. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Hallelujah. And he was like, Rrr. 
I don't like you talking like that in the office. I don't like you talking your language. You talk yours, I talk mine, we all be good. So then he's trying not to cuss, but you know, with such a habit in his life, he couldn't make one sentence without at least one in there. Good morning, everybody. Is it afternoon yet? Almost. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're having a great time out here in the sunshine. Amen. Turn with me to Acts chapter 3. Jesus is in my house. I hope you realized this morning he's in yours. He likes to talk. He likes to talk about what he's doing, and he likes to talk through you and I. Amen? If you haven't had a testimony yet, you got born again. That's one. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried. Everybody say carried. Mm -hmm. He couldn't walk. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the tem temple. Who, seeing Peter and John go into the temple, asked him alms. And Peter, fasting his eyes upon him with John, says, look on us. And the guy says, he, he says, he gives heed to him, means he's listening. And he looks up at them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And rise in this verse means to waken, to arouse, not just to get physically up, but something to happen on the inside. But there's something unique about this verse that God wants every one of us to walk in. And it's this, you see, that man at the gate, beautiful, was looking for the world's currency. He was looking for silver and gold. He was looking for what the earth works with. He was looking for money to keep him for another day. He was looking for just a daily portion to get him through so he could slide under the door. He was looking for science. He was looking for what the world had to offer. And I'm telling you what, they didn't come with man's currency. They came with a currency of heaven that'll change everything here on the earth. And it won't just do it for a day. It'll do it for a lifetime. Hallelujah. He came with the currency of heaven. And if you've got the Holy Ghost and you've got Jesus Christ, you can operate with heaven's currency, which is the anointing and the presence of a holy God, a mighty God who is our healer and he's our deliverer. We are overcome through him and it's time we overcame and it's time we loose heaven's currency in our words. It's time we walk in heaven's currency and everything we set our feet to in everything we laid our hands upon. It's time to operate on heaven's currency, folks. Oh, it's time to rise up in heaven's kind of operations and do what God has called us to do. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory. It's time to rise up, people of God. I hear someone shouting glory. I hear someone shouting, oh, well, I don't know if I can operate with that. What, what are you talking about? Is Jesus in you? I don't operate on what this world has to give. I know sometimes it gives pills and things like that. 
but it doesn't sustain. Science never healed me. Science never healed my husband. Science never healed my children. Heaven's currency moved in our heart and we rose up. Glory to God, we rose up. Glory to God, we rose up. Hallelujah for heaven's currency. It's present here today. It's present in this parking lot. It's present. And for all those people overseas, they're looking for, for man's currency. They're looking for a temporary solution that will get them through uh, for their daily. I've never seen so many people crying out for a dime when they should be crying out for heaven's gold. Hallelujah. Oh, let's not cry out for something that'll just get us by and under the door. It's time we cried out for the whole thing and not because I told you to not because I've cheerleaded you to not because I've tried to get you excited because something happened inside and you've been a witness and you've seen God move before and you said you know what pastor I want to see him again I want to see him move in my life I'm tired of this life I'm tired of the things of this world I've had enough and I want it God I want you more than I've ever had you before Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah! Hallelujah for heaven's currency operating in everything we do, in every prayer that we pray, in every detail of our life where we can turn around and know our God is with us. It'll be the time that we step out and we begin to move in what is good and we see God's goodness work through our hands and work in our lives and see those things come out of our lips and change another. When we step in and we say the good things of heaven, when we've heard from heaven and we announce them and we decree them and we speak them, lives change, period. That is the operation of decreeing and speaking the things that God would have said. What did Jesus say that he talked about? And what did he say that he did? He said, everything my father said, that's what I said. Everything I saw my father do, that's what I did. And it's time we said what the father had to say. And it's time we did what the father did. Hallelujah. This world needs healing and delivering, and freedom, and we get to walk in it. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. And for those who are overseas, I know India is in a difficult, difficult land. But there's not enough money in my pocket. Hear me. God could supply. I know that. Don't go there. But there's not enough money in my pocket to bring the deliverance they think they need. They need heaven's currency there. They don't have the medical equipment that we have. They don't have all those things. But they've got Jesus. And he'll go beyond anything we can ever supply. Yes, we pray for them. We pray for them that they'll meet with heaven and receive heaven's load. Hallelujah. And in that same way, in this land where we're so filled with the world's currency, 
even in our ideas, we've been filled with the world's currency, the world's way of thinking, its culture in how we proceed with things, its culture in how we decide things. We've been operating so long in this world's currency, we don't even know the places it's gone into our heart and life. But I believe as we say, Jesus, I want to work with you. Jesus, I want your flow. Jesus, oh Jesus, let heaven's words flow through me this day. Let me receive in a different way. Let me begin to operate the way you've called me to operate. Let me speak what you'd have me to speak and change my thoughts, God. That I begin to think like you. Didn't he say your thoughts, my thoughts are higher than yours? But he didn't say he'd withhold them, would he? Did he say he'd renew our minds? Would you think he's going to renew them to earthly currency or heavens? Amen. He'll renew us so that we can begin to think like Jesus. Because when we have the mind of Christ, we're going to flow with heaven's currency thoughts. There was no doubt in Peter and John. When they looked at that man, they'd seen Jesus move before. They'd watched miracles. At one point, it records that even Peter's shadow affected others around him. Not because he was praying every day, oh God, give me a shadow that heals people. <laughs> That's not how it happened. Aren't you glad? I think some people may have prayed that mistakenly. That's all right. God forgives you and I do too. Amen. We just move on from there. Might get us into a lot of trouble today. They're convinced. We know because of scriptures that Peter had very human moments and tried to take things into his own hands. And this same Peter got up. This same Peter walked in heaven's currency. So just about the point today that you're thinking, well, that's nice. That's nice, pastor. All those people, maybe you can do that. But I don't know if that's for me. I'm telling you today, it's for everyone. It's for everyone. Everyone. When we're filled with the Holy Ghost and power, this is easy. The easiest thing you'll ever do is follow him. It's much easier than following the devil. That path is full of heartbreak. It's full of trauma. It's full of all the things that this world is full of. But following Jesus, you say, why is it so easy, Pastor? Well, let me tell you why. Because you don't have to fuss anymore. And it's very easy to know what's you. It'll be all the troubled part. It's pretty plain. If you're freaking out, it isn't God. It, it's not a lot of discernment there. God is good. This isn't good. Not God. See? And if you realize this isn't good, it, it, it's either you or the devil. So it's not God. See? Now you're all operating with some level of discernment today. Amen? 
God wants to work his heavenly character, his heavenly currency, the ways he talks, the ways he walks. This world needs us so very much to walk in these things where we're not moved. They hadn't prayed yet. It's been pointed out before. Hadn't prayed. And there they were, without a doubt, walking in the anointing of God. Hallelujah. Let's do this. There are people here today, as I mentioned, you've been looking for an answer. You're unhappy. See, God didn't just heal the people. He delivered them. And when I spoke before about the torment, many people get healed. And after they're healed, there's, there's a stain. They didn't know. I shared this with, <clears throat> I was thinking about, <clears throat> pardon me. I was in a terrible motorcycle accident. My body just wasn't broken. Although I never broke any bones. I was pretty, my, they picked me up in a cage and I had no feeling in my arms and legs. And I'd had a, a trauma to my spine. It's 1982. I, the motorcycle had slipped. Uh, sorry, tissue. The motorcycle had slipped because somebody had spilled caustic soda on the road. And because I rolled in it, I went some 300 meters, sky grass, sky grass. That's, you know, you look at the sky, you look at the grass, you look at the sky, that's what happens when you're rolling. And I rolled through the caustic soda. I had scars all the way down my legs. One of them particularly big, about so big, down my thigh. And they told me I'd be in a wheelchair as a result by the time I was 35. I'm obviously not 35. And the Lord healed my back. And that was wonderful. And I got back on a motorcycle and rode again because I knew that was important. But there were times when I ran around corners and things that I go. <laughs> and one time we were coming back from a, a trip, my husband and I, and we were coming through the Fraser Canyon. And it started to rain and it was really windy. And every time we came around a corner, my, my motorcycle was smaller. And every time I came around the corner, the wind would come and it would pick up the bike because it was little. I just kind of shoved me in the opposite lane. And I began to sing because that's all I knew to do because I was like, I was terrified just being straight with you. I was terrified. But I began to sing worship songs. And I sang all the way to hope. <laughs> and, uh, and I got there. Obviously, I never had a, another accident. But I knew that I needed something to happen in my mind. My mind, even though my body was healed, my mind was still messed up. And I still bore scars on my legs. And I began to pray and, and receive some prayers for that. And I meditated in the word. And that's what I say. When I talk about Jesus healing our mind, I'm telling you that this from a personal perspective. He healed my mind. I do not have that trauma anymore. And I've ridden motorcycles a lot since. And, and I love it. And I, I can go around corners. And now I'm the gal that they go, okay, don't, you know. Uh, yeah. It's probably not a good thing. You know, I was the, the girl, you know, scraping the side pegs and things like that. And, and just enjoying myself. 
But that wasn't the only part. God healed my heart. He healed my physical body. He healed my mind. And you know what? I started looking a while back and I realized I have only a very, very small, maybe this big, I know it's hard to see, but of a scar and it's white. You can't even, if I didn't tell you that's where it was, you would never know. All the scars were gone. Every scar. I don't know how Jesus did it, <laughs> but he did. I'm telling you this morning, when heaven's currency has been loosed into your life, he doesn't just fix you physically. He fixes you on every level. And we thank God for it. It is my Jesus. That's my God. That is who you are. That is who you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is who you are. That is who you are. Glory to God. It's who you are. And that's what he wants to do in you. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. He's a good God. Let me pray for you people online today. I'm going to be here and I will pray for you. God's moving in this place. I'm going to stand on that sidewalk there and you can line up on the grass. God is good. Amen. I want you to hear me this morning. If you've been suffering, if you've had trauma in your life, Jesus is your healer. There is a currency that will fix what has been hurting you emotionally, what's been tearing you apart uh, physically. God is there for you. Father, I speak to that person today who's been suffering in their internal of all kinds of internal uh, uh, things that aren't working right in their stomach and things like that. Father God, I just thank you for that right now. God, I thank you. You're the mighty healer. God, I pray for that person's stomach and all those things going on. That one that's uh, tuned in. I, I don't know if you're tuning in today, but we, we stand with you. Father God, I thank you. Cancer has no power over the name of Jesus. Jesus is the name above every disease. He is the healer and he is above it all. Cancer, you're underfoot. Stomach be healed. Uh, ulcers be healed. Arthritis. You've been suffering in that one right hip. It's time to be healed in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. You're working power today in people's lives. And I thank you. You're the healer of minds. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.